so there's not going to be any news or any discussion or any of the regular stuff, no, no user questions, nothing that you've come to expect from Podquisition this week. Um, that's going to be added into this episode in an update in about April, May, sometime like that. Uh, so that's it. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 You still got to pay full price for it, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the Patreon doesn't fill itself. Bye. Yeah, but, but trust me. Right, we'll have all the content you want, and some of it you won't even have to pay for later. Uh, I don't know if you noticed what I did there. <laughs> I, I think I noticed what you did there, Jim. That was a satire. It was. Yeah. I, I did a little bit of a satire there. Uh, and just... we, we all committed to it. Even Gav picked up on what was going on. <laughs> yes, because I'm usually not the person who picks up on jokes. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> they call they call him jokeless Gav down his way. Um, but yes, yes, uh, that was a bit of a light-hearted jab, bit of, bit of joshing aimed towards Street Fighter V, which came out, and I decided to myself, um, I'm sick of fighting games coming out and me not knowing how to play them. Like I've never been able to <laughs> to play them. Like I I don't have the coordination. I don't I don't have the brain for it. It's yeah, I hear it, you on that one. They're super hard. Yeah, like it's, it, it's. In fact, I would say the same reason I don't do fighting games is the same reason I don't do strategy. Is you know, fighting games are very strategic, and you've got to have a lot of foresight. You've got to think ahead. And I'm very in the moment, reactionary sort of mm. kind of guy. Like I don't, I'm not very good at, at foresight and planning strategic moves. So. I just my brain can't work fast enough to deal with it. I'm all right with you know your shooters and all this kind of stuff, because um, it's it, it takes a different kind of mindset um, and is a lot more reactive. Whereas those games I just can't do. But I thought you know what I'm I'm going to at least try and and be at least at least try and have a fighting chance at a kind of low level. At least at least when the fighting games come out, I can get excited for them because I get very jealous because I'm a big fan of watching them. And mm. I love the look of them, and I love the the visual designs they've given the Street Fighter series since Street Fighter Four. Um, so I'm very into them in theory, and so I thought this this will be the one because I ended up with a review code for it and, and and everything, and I did a video for it on my YouTube channel, and I thought it'd be uh, nice to to try and sit down and actually get to grips with it. And then I find out this is the one that they're aiming more for fighting game communities <laughs> rather than <laughs> this this one they've rushed out early to get get out there for the pros but you know the by me, far the so. best way to enjoy fighting games is to get a whole bunch of your friends up who are not gamers and ply them with alcohol because yeah. most people <laughs> most people will know street fighter and will have played it at some point you know casually and when people see it even when people who see it who are, are not gamers they go oh street fighter give me a go yeah, and as long as you know how to say do a Hadouken, then you're probably a step ahead of them. It's like, oh, yeah. oh, you're so good at fighting games. Yeah, I know to do, how to do Hadoukens. Look at me, <laughs> yeah. I'm so great. Seriously, I can barely do the Hadouken. Like, I, I remember playing the Super Nintendo version of Street Fighter 2, and I couldn't even do the Dragon Punch. Like, I would sit, <laughs> go into, like, an empty game with, with a dead player, you know, like a, a not active yeah, into player, the trading mode. and try and do the fucking Dragon Punch, and I couldn't do it, like... <laughs> Yeah, like I, I do struggle with that. I know Street Fighter Four simplified things and made mm. the combos less sort of huge, lengthy button memorization mm. things, um, and I can see that with Street Fighter Five as well. Um, but I still like, like I was stood there looking at the command list, dumbfounded by the image of the analog stick, 
with the arrow that goes in a Z motion. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Isn't that the one where you go like left and down and no, yeah. right and down and right again? Is that what the Z motion means? Yeah. Um, having having the um, the motions on like the uh, the analog stick doing Z's and things is not the most user friendly way to teach yeah, people how like, to do those motions. I felt so embarrassed. I was like, I, just, I don't know how to do this matador stab or whatever it was. Uh, I did do it once <laughs> last night. At one point, I managed to make the camera change angle, which means <laughs> a special move is happening, yeah. and it didn't work because I missed. But I got the camera to change angle, and I was I was high off that all night. I'm like, I made Vega do a thing. <laughs> well, my my big problem I had with the game is I I got a copy early as well, and basically I have spent the last seventy two hours trying to get one match with Joe Parlock from Destructoids UK team. And we can get like a, as from when we got the game up through now, the uh, the casual matchmaking was working relatively well. Ranked matchmaking was working relatively well. The lobbies where you pick an individual, a specific person, and say yes, I would like to fight this person, hasn't worked yet. Brilliant. We're three days into having code, and we've yet to get that to work, and no one can make it work. So that's fun. Yeah, the always online stuff as well. I'm, I'm like, because I was doing the the challenges because mm. they're one of the few single player things you can do, and I got, I was go, doing really well at it. You know, Vega was going yodeling a lot because he was winning, and and then he, the the surface went down, and I was just booted out halfway through a fucking halfway through the game. Yeah, well, you know what's the most annoying thing about that all, always online stuff, like while the servers are being a little bit fucked, is that it means even if you do single player content, like the limited amount of single player there is, if you if you lose your connection to the server, none of your progress gets saved. It's horseshit. It's horseshit. Yeah. Don't you need like a, a, a Borg-like internet connection anyway to even compete in online fighting games? You do need a pretty strengthy connection. Uh, thankfully, I am really glad that they've implemented the thing of before you fight someone, you can see how strong um, the Street Fighter and Capcom servers think that your opponent's internet is. So you can be like, yeah, that person's got good internet. This will probably be fine versus, yeah, I'll fight you, but I'm going to expect some some like lag if I do. And they show you that information before you pick people to fight, That's so that is idea. helpful information. But this yeah. is a shame that Capcom apparently isn't very good at seeing how its own servers are doing. It's good at estimating other people's connections. Yeah, it is very odd. So, like, my whole thing with this game, like, I've put maybe 20, 25 hours in over three days. Um, huge chunks of the menu were greyed out, which is like. Yeah. Just a stupid thing off the bat for making someone feel like they got their money's worth. Yeah, like you don't want to see that when you when you open up a game and you see bits of the menu like significant amounts greyed out. Like yeah. I know people have said, you know, oh, Splatoon launched and, and updated things later, but you never mm. like the moment you started, you weren't greeted with this idea that holy shit, that's a lot of stuff I can't access. It, it didn't highlight the things that weren't available and because it actually worked at launch people were having too much fun to stop and think about what was missing whereas when stuff's broken it's like oh yeah also there's stuff missing i'm having to stop and think about that yeah when Um, there's bits you can't get to because the game itself isn't working properly then it really does highlight like because you think well okay i'll try something else oh wait these story modes are three minutes long (laughs) okay here is my favorite thing about story mode um and it ties into the stuff that's grayed out uh, story mode currently, it's apparently at some point going to get properly updated, but at the moment it's 
probably three fights. Yeah. No, like, big rival battle or anything. And your reward at the end, you don't get any big cutscene or anything. You basically are told, hey, you unlocked the ability to purchase a new costume in the store that doesn't yet exist. <coughs> so, in several months when the store exists... You've unlocked the ability to purchase a new item. It's bullshit. Like I'm wow. getting so uh, tired of it. Like, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I think I'm going to start calling them early triple access games, where they, because that's what they are. They're, they're fucking sixty dollar games that aren't are under no requirement to label themselves early access. Unlike mm. on Steam, where you know a game is early access. You know, Star Wars Battlefront, Rainbow Six Siege, Street Fighter Five. None of them have had to say we're early access because. You know, they get to build themselves as, as a premium retail game. Mm. And when you look at them, uh, mechanically, they are early access. They're launched without without significant amounts of content. Um, yeah. and, and unlike Splatoon, which updated like pretty much from launch consistently week after week and leading up to a big August update... Um, yeah. These games, like... I mean, I, I, play, I still play Star Wars Battlefront regularly... It had the Battle of Jakku, and now what? Like, I'm waiting till, fuck, I can't even remember when the, the Death Star battle and Jabba's Palace is coming out, but, like, so little has happened. Like, Splatoon had weekly updates to keep it going. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that made Splatoon work, is that you knew, okay, not only are you getting weekly content, but, like, these key things you're asking for, here are very specific dates of when specific things are coming. It's like, next week you get this, the week after you get this, the week after you get this, the week after you get this. You had a very clear path of progression. And there was none of this season pass shit either to fucking, you know, pay us another 50 bucks on top of this 60 bucks to guarantee getting it earlier. And, and, and you know, we, we still can't tell you what the content is, but you'll get something, we promise. Yeah. And like, you've got no idea what's fucking coming. Like, I'm, I'm I just... I'm, I'm immensely disappointed with Battlefront because, again, I still love the game. I still play the game. But the fact that there's been so little, and it's again, it's been highlighted within the game how little there is, you know. Like, I've had the same character model since I started, and you don't unlock, like, different character models to your, like, level 40 and level 50, like if you're a stormtrooper or whatever. You just get different generic human heads up until then, then you get actually interesting shit. And it just highlights how little there is in between that. They probably looked at Destiny and how successful that was <laughs> after yeah. doing the exact same thing and went, yeah, we can do it's that again. It's not fun. I don't know why People will bitch and whine and we'll win the worst company in America again, but we'll, you'll still buy our DLC. Exactly. Um, like, talking a little bit about Street Fighter Five, while it actually works, uh, yeah. specials definitely feel quicker, which is really nice. Um, they've improved the hit pause implementation, so normal, sort of, just like normal attack exchanges feel a lot more sort of weighty and impactful, which is really nice just in the flow of combat. Um, attacks and the inputs you use for them have been considerably switched up, which feels like it's probably to allow new fans to come in, because basically, like... Muscle memory from falls only going to carry you so far, and it sort of gives a little bit of an entry point. Focus attacks have been replaced with V-Trigger, which basically is your character's hyper mode and allows them to do, like, hey, I'm going to do an extra couple of attacks in this attack string or a couple of extra hits, or, you know, my attacks might be stronger with this character so they can do guard breaks and things. Uh, implementation of that, pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, and critical arts replace ultras, which are very similar functionally, but they have faster animations, which does a really nice job of maintaining the pace of a fight. 
The netcode's really solid once you're in a match. Never had any lag in a match. Even playing, like, PC versus PS4, no lag once in a match. But the servers have been fucked for days. So, there you You go. There's my condensed condensed thoughts. I have 750 words of just, like, bullet point notes that are going to become a review at some point. But that is... That's what I'm thinking. And, of course, the review is... um going to be for the Jumquisition. We, yeah, yeah, that's that's what we're doing. I don't know if, if we said that yet. No, but... we, we actually haven't. I was going to well, I was going to say it here. Um, um, yeah. which, it's what we're doing. Um, it's what we're doing. I'm, yeah. I'm doing a review for Jim. Collusion. Yeah, cuz I can't do the um as I said, I can't do the can't do the fighting games like what the like what the youths do. So, I needed someone. I needed to to hire Laura to do it. My my pitch to Jim to be like why I should do it was basically I'm not great at fighting games, but I've reviewed a fuck ton of anime fighting games for some print magazines. So, you know, I know what I'm talking about it's with good fighting enough games. For me, so. It's like I can watch it, I can understand it, I know all the fancy words. I'm just not very good with my thumbs sometimes. <laughs> so, there we go. So, and and don't don't Half a dozen, no, I'd say half a dozen would be more than that. Don't 25 of you email me looking for freelance stuff. Um, I will approach people as and when needed. Um, because you yeah. know, like, like, y'all can see my income, but when you've got a mortgage <laughs> and a family and, and other expenses, it don't go that f- it don't go to the far- to tax. the point where I can hire a- and f- don't talk to me about tax, Jesus, I'm a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I ain't got enough to where I can hire a staff, so that's why I'm sort of being very, very minimalist with freelance uh, work. And and when it's situations like this, where I really would have liked to have had a Street Fighter review, and there's no other way of doing it realistically, you know, I I, I went to Laura and and we sorted out something. So so right. that's cool. Yeah, and that'll that. be up some point soon, probably. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, so that's Street Fighter, a bit of a. Bit of a letdown, all things considered. I mean, I did yeah. a Metabombed article, and like the fans are pretty livid with it on Steam. It's been getting really not good reviews. So, and yes, it's, it's been getting glowing reviews from all the gaming press. What a surprise! Well, you you know what? A lot of that probably comes down to honestly. Um, before embargo, um, the servers hadn't yet been reset, and like it was just press on the server, and there is that limited experience of. You bear in mind when you're reviewing before embargo that yes, these are not like the retail servers or, you know, we've not got the same amount of competition for servers, but just by the benefit of being able to consistently get into matches, they were probably having a much better experience with that game, which probably did the whole thing that happened with Splatoon when it launched publicly, where everyone was having fun with it and was more forgiving of the issues. And I can totally acknowledge that. And it's like, that's not a fault of the people who reviewed it. Yeah, see, the reviews, though, are supposed to be for consumers. And this is it, is I'm glad I'm, like, because I had it pre-embargo, but I'm glad I'm writing mine post-embargo. Because, the, the whole embargo thing yeah. is, like, that to me is the biggest problem there, is is if reviewers are having a different experience to the consumer, that's... That's a huge problem with the, with 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 the the way the system is set up. We had this with like. SimCity as well. It's mm. it's a tough one. The problem you have is how do you get the experience of hundreds of thousands of people fighting for your connections to the server? You wait until the bloody but game is out also, to review. <laughs> yes, but again, that that has the thing of there is a consumer benefit to there being reviews of products mm. before True. they're out, so that like there is no period of time where people are 
hmm, maybe I'll buy it. It's it's probably going to be good without having a warning. So. It becomes one of those balancing acts of, of you've kind of got to use your judgment. It's like, look at the company's history, look at the game's history. Like, how useful is it going to be to have this out early as opposed to how useful is it going to be to have this out with the server stress tested? I mean, it depends on the game. I would have said for Street Fighter... I mean, certainly hindsight is twenty twenty, so I could easily just sit back and say now, oh well, of course you do it after launch because <laughs> the servers are fucked. So it's like, yeah, it's like you got to look at the previous games and like how likely was it that the servers would be fucked. And I would say you... any game with an yeah. always online requirement, they need to be reviewed after you've stress tested mm. the, well, the servers. You say that the last open beta they had for Street Fighter Five, zero server problems. And I can totally understand why press went into this being like, the last beta, completely flawless. Mm -hmm. And that was everyone trying to get on it. It's probably going to launch with Solid Online. I expected it to, because, like, I know that, like, you know, beta tests are not everyone. But when it's that wide of an open beta, you kind of expect that it's indicative of, oh, it's probably not going to have that bad of a launch. I can probably focus on the things that I can review pre-launch which is the changes to it mechanically Mm -hmm. and i think that like it's totally fair to praise the mechanical changes to like that fighting game system it is just a shame that like those pre-embargo review or like at embargo reviews most likely over time will be accurate reviews of this game but for this first few days they are from a different perspective and that's going to even out over time but yeah yeah, I mean, it's you've got to kind of... Certainly as a user, you've got to... Holy shit, stop it! Uh, certainly as a reviewer, you've got to... Um, as a user, rather, you've got to take that context in mind that there there is a different perspective pre- and post-launch. Um, I mean, there's actually a discussion going on on the Jimquisition now in the comments section of the, the Metabomb article I did, where they're talking about the difference between um, sort of a critical analysis of a game versus a consumer buying guide, you know, a consumer facing review. And I think you can have both and there are they are yeah. two different things. Absolutely. Where yeah. Some writers will will want to talk about just the experience of the game, what it means to them, that kind of thing. The 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 you know, versus the technical aspects, you know. I mean, some critics don't even like talking about the graphics, the sound, like the mechanical bits, because they want to just talk about, I guess, for want of a less waffly term, the soul of the game, you know, rather than the meat of the game. Um Personally, I try and do both. I always yeah, try I and make best, sure that my reviews are fifty-fifty. Are maybe best isn't fair, but my favorite critics are the ones who talk about both. I I just can't understand when you read a review of a game and all they talk about is the kind of the artistic side and and they wouldn't mention something like, for example, the frame rate dropping at certain points. And I'm like, how did you not mention that in your review? Well, this this is the benefit of having multiple people doing reviews. Is that like. I, if I'm curious about reviews for a product, I will always read multiple reviews. Yeah, but if you bought a CD and during one of the songs there's like a big farting noise over one of the songs and it like it cuts out for a few seconds, you, you'd be like, I should probably mention that in my review. <laughs> Fucking 10 out of 10 for me. There's, there's a difference between static products and, you know, products that you have like interactive experiences with in that regard. I think there is a benefit to having like people who do one, people who do the other and people who do a mix. I, again, do try and do a mix of the two, but I probably... 
Like, depending on the game, some games I will lean further one way or the other. I think some games don't lend themselves better to that. You know, there are some games where... It's hard to talk about Call of Duty at this point without just being strictly mechanical of, yeah, this still works, this still works, this still mm-hmm. works, uh, versus, you know, your more interactive dramas, which I've been I've, I've been using that. This still uh, doesn't more, work more. no matter how many <laughs> times they do the same thing and people complain about it. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah like, it's, there's, it's, there's often very little point in talking too much about like the mechanic, the mechanical stuff with a with a um, an interactive drama or something. But yeah, that's a thing. Do you think we so? Because I I found now with something oh. like Firewatch, there were there were segments where the game would be loading and it would stutter, and I found that very distracting. And if I were writing a review of that game, I would want to put that in. What did you What did you play it on? On PC. I didn't have that in my experience on PC. Really? And that's the problem with talking about technical aspects in reviews is you have no idea how whether other people will have that same experience. Like you can you can only talk about your own experience with but those if, things. Yeah, true, but if you yeah. have it it's likely that someone else is gonna have it. Well exactly. It. Like I would mention it if it was a problem. Like I, for I me, was playing but... it on a nine eighty, and if it was happening yeah. on a nine eighty it's gonna happen on other cards. Yeah. Um, we haven't introduced ourselves yet. Oh yeah, because <laughs> Jim did a silly Street Fighter joke, and we, we went right into Street into Fighter. Well, we're just so eager to get to the news. But I am. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm Jim Sterling. Anyway, hello. <laughs> hello, Jim. Hello. How are I'm, you? I'm very well, Laura. How are you? I'm good. I hear Gavin's here too. How are you, Gavin? I'm good. Next we, news. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We introduced ourselves. That's the preamble. Yeah, um, twenty minutes in. <laughs> I have a piece of news I want to talk about today. Certainly. Uh, do, do you remember a few months back on the podcast, we talked about uh, that Dying Light uh, had a quarter of a million dollar My Apocalypse edition where it came with like a, a zombie yeah, shelter? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Did someone yeah. buy it? Oh, they've... I know, no, this no, no, gets they've, better. They've, they've one-upped themselves this time. Dying Light now has... Uh, let me find what it's called. The Spotlight Edition. Do you know what you what you get in the spotlight edition of uh, Dying Light? You get a speaking role in Dying Light the movie. Uh, you get Light a stuntman. You yeah, that's apparently a thing. Uh, you get parkour training, professional acting coaching, your own trailer on set, a screening tour, off-road driving lessons, a zombie makeup session, a copy of the original script that's signed. 10 VIP tickets to the premiere, a role as the voice of Kyle Crane in a special edition of Dying Light, and four copies of Dying Light, the following enhanced edition. Right, so if they're expecting whoever wins this to do parkour, I applaud them for um, eschewing uh, stereotypical notions of your average gamer. (laughs) Oh no, I already had people (laughs) commenting saying things, oh we should get a Kickstarter to get Jim to do it because he'd be hilarious (laughs) doing parkour. (laughs) Oh god! You know what the best insurance part is? insurance would not clear me for a movie set. <laughs> I, I imagine not. Um, the best part of all this, I, I suspect Jim has seen this headline. So Gavin, mm-hmm. how much do you think that's going to cost you? Uh, how much was the first thing? It was quarter of a million, was it? It was two hundred and fifty thousand US dollars. Uh, let me go for maybe three fifty. <laughs> oh, you're gonna have to go way higher, way higher. Fuck off, half a million. Higher. Ah, oh, come on, a million. Higher. Oh, come on, really? <laughs> yeah, keep going. You know it's gonna be fucking Martin Shrecky or whatever his name is now is gonna end up in dying light. <laughs> 
Do they know that that's what's going to happen? It's not going to be him because he accidentally uh, gave 15 million in Bitcoin to someone who he thought was Kanye West. And yeah, it that was Kanye wonderful West. news when he uh, when he got fucked like that. Wasn't that wasn't that him? That lying was a little for bit of karma there in the universe. Didn't he? He lied for attention and then did a live stream to like try and hammer home the lie where he accidentally revealed his credit card information. So, oh. <laughs> so, so someone used that to buy him like like a thousand bucks worth of lube. Oh, that's wonderful. Nice. Uh, but oh, yeah, Gavin, man. you're at a yeah. million dollars higher. I, I'm sick of guessing. Just tell me. <laughs> Ten million US dollars. Ten what? million dollars. Ten million dollars, which doesn't say good things for the state of the Dying Light movie, because if Dying Light the movie needs people to pay ten million dollars to have a speaking role in the film... They're A, not too concerned about the quality of actors in speaking roles, and B, in serious need of money. No, what happened here is, like, fucking Eric Cartman got in and hacked their computers and sent that out. (laughs) I just, like, I I can't believe how much they've been milking this. Like, I'm... I reflexively hate everything to do with Dying Light now just because of the way they've been treating it like this. Like, Like, first of all, it shouldn't have a movie. Well, their their water ad was brilliant, though. The water thing was good, but this whole half a million edition, a quarter of a million edition, and this $10 million, like, what are they, is it just for attention? Here's the thing, I'm certain it is for attention, because before this news story happened, I didn't know that Dying Light the movie was going to be a thing. Me neither, actually, fair enough, yeah. Yeah, and every gaming website covered this story, and because of that... A bunch of people now know that didn't previously know Dying Light the movie is a movie that's happening. And that is probably entirely why this exists. They don't want you to actually purchase it. They just want like everyone basically doing what I've done and being like, oh, that's a fun news story to talk about. Let's also tell everyone and promote the fact that Dying Light the movie is going to exist. Yeah. We we have been played. Ugh, they played us like damn fiddles. Ugh. I would be very surprised if anyone um if anyone paid that money. Did anyone buy the quarter of a million edition they did before? I mean, we all had the headlines when it came out, but I don't remember there ever being a news announcement afterwards. If people like trust enough to put all that money into Peter Molyneux's cube thing, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. maybe, maybe. That's that's a very good point actually. Um so other news we had this week uh, Hideo Kojima met with Norman Reedus, who was going to be the guy in Silent Hills, and the mm-hmm. internet lost its shit because he has recently been in the same location as Guillermo del Toro and yeah. Norman Reedus. Speaking of people who do things for attention, I mean, Kojima is very good at it. And I don't mean that insultingly. Like, he is very good at getting people talking. Kojima is very aware that all he has to do is hang out with those people that he was kind of attached to a project on. And the internet will get excited about him. Are, are we excited about Norman Reedus, though? I mean... Well, the thing about Norman <laughs> Reedus a is... He's well, a TV darling. The, the big thing that happened with the internet was basically, wait a second, this is the second of the Silent Hills team that Kojima has met with in relatively short succession. Does this mean but- that Silent Hills has been bought by Sony or something? And it doesn't mean that in the slightest, but that's what the internet has jumped No, what I, what I actually mean, though, is about Reedus himself. I mean, if they are making Silent Hills, right from the get-go when it was announced that he was in it, I was like, are we really going to feel emotionally connected to 
and vulnerable when we're the guy who's like the badass zombie killer from Walking Dead. I don't know. He's he's a badass, but he does have his moments of portraying like fear and having Mm -hmm. to be like, holy shit, that's that's a bit of a problem. And like those are performances that would probably benefit a Silent Hill game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not upset about him being cast for it if that's what's going on. I don't think in the slightest this is Silent Hills, and I think that Kojima is just messing with the internet by being like, oh, I'm with this guy. Oh, now I'm with this one. You never know. I mean, Konami probably don't want to bother with the series anymore, so they might. Konami doesn't want to bother, but but they still make that sweet pachinko cheddar off the name, so... Mm. I I mean, I I would imagine... I still would not be surprised if we end up with a Kickstarter or whatever for a game by those people. But it is, is Silent Hill in everything but name. Like, you know, they'll call it something else, but it'll still be, you know, a horror game that is very similar to Silent Hill, which I wouldn't have a problem with. I mean, yeah, that's what a lot of people call it. Yeah, Quiet Mountain. I'd I'd be totally up for Quiet Mountain. Yeah, I'd I'd be fine with it. Like, I'd, you know, I mean, the Silent Hill name these days doesn't carry much weight. I say that as someone who's always been a big fan of the series, but thanks to Konami farming it out to literally anyone, Mm. because Konami has no respect for game studios and thinks anyone can do anything. Um, and Metal Gear Solid fans can look forward to that in about 10 years' time. The I same think uh, state Silent, Silent Hill fans is, are in. is almost better known for the movie now, isn't it? Than, Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, the movies of... Uh, well, the, the two films that have come out have um, probably been more successful than recent Silent Hills, uh, even though Silent Hill Re- Revelations was a a brilliant comedy, but a terrible whatever it was trying to be. Um <laughs> So yeah, well, like, like a terrible just, what we wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just feel that anything that comes out that tries to be Silent Hill in everything but name will be better than anything Konami could produce authentically. Um, I mean, we're seeing that with Castlevania. You know, Bloodstained's coming out, and Bloodstained is probably going to be better than any Castlevania that Konami's officially brought out. And hell, Lone Survivor was a better Silent Hill game than recent Silent Hills. Oh yeah, Lone Survivor's a bloody good Silent Hill game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was that story. Uh, Dark Souls is getting backwards compatibility on the Xbox One. Cool. Fair so, enough. Yeah, if you wanted that, then that's Considering that, we that's were good. just last week saying it's one of those games that people probably will play in, in a long time. Yeah, and I think on Xbox you can get it as like a pre-order bonus for getting Dark Souls 3. You can get a copy of Dark Souls 1, which, you know, that's all right. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, other news. Uh, PlayStation VR. Probably coming at the end of this year, not the middle. So, a bit later than everyone expected. That's Doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I suspect they are waiting for, like, retail VR headsets to hit the market and see what perception's like before they announce their launch plans, which is probably a really smart idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could go either way. I mean, obviously not being the most powerful and, and everything, they have that risk. But mm. then again, they'll kind of have the market cornered in terms of console yeah. stuff. They're, so. the, they're the only one that's coming out for standardised hardware, and that's a market that's not likely to go away before yeah, they definitely. make it to market. So they're probably fine. They probably don't have to rush to market. Knack um, 2 is apparently happening, because someone leaked it on their... Uh, on their What's that thing where people put what they do for work? LinkedIn. LinkedIn, that's the one. Someone put it on their LinkedIn that they've been working on it for like a year, and... Knack. Did I'm anyone, trying to remember what that was. It was the PS4 launch title that was like oh, a 3D the tech platformer. Demo thing. 
Yeah, it, yeah, was, it a, was a load of shite. Like a, a weird man made out of a bunch of bits of rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, so that... The game was made out of bits of rubbish, as far as I can tell. <laughs> it, you know what the worst thing about it is? That game sold better than the um, the Mario game that came out on Wii U at the same time. Lifetime sales, Knack sold yeah. better. And that's depressing, because Knack's not a good game, but apparently... It's, it's crap. Apparently it sold well enough. Well, didn't that... the Order 1880 shit sell a, a shitload as well? Uh, it sold really well for like a week and then never oh, really? sold another copy <laughs> then again. Word like, of mouth got it around. had a complete drop off. <laughs> and you know how much you would pay in game who overpriced yeah. their pre owned games anyway? How much you would pay to buy a pre owned copy of The Order 1886? No. £3. <laughs> that is how badly. That's a pound an hour! Yep. That is how badly that game crashed is that in the UK for about wow. £3. It, it might have been CEX, not game, but one of them I saw a copy for £3 and I was like, you know yeah, what? Hilarious. Well done for fucking up that badly. Um, yeah. But yeah. I got no, I got no love for, for the order. Mm. I, the, yeah. I'm, I'm still insulted by the way its campaign ended. Like, oh, all the all the fucking cool stuff is coming in the order 1887. Please buy that. <laughs> It was it was it was it was the Street Fighter Five of cliffhangers. Yeah, it's like here is everything that you kind of hoped this game would be for like thirty seconds by the sequel. I honestly thought it was a joke. Like when the credits rolled, I thought it was a gag. Yeah, but no, 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 no. oh no, fucking. Uh, so, on that topic, um, oh yeah. Uh, by the way, I played Firewatch this week. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, we won't spoil it, but a lot of people were really unhappy with the ending of Firewatch. Did you like the ending? Yeah, I thought yeah. it was fine. I thought it, it did what it was supposed to do. Like, Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. In the context of that game, it's meant to be a very melancholy ending that yeah. is very fitting for those characters and where they they have to go after that game is over. And it's, it's also, very, it was very fitting for the player's own experience in the game. Yeah, it's the game, you know, you built it up to be this big thing, now you've got to go back to your life, kind yeah. of. And I think that's a really fitting ending for that game. I get why people dislike it. I thought it was a really, like, the most solid way you could have ended that. I think we everyone's so used to, you know, they want a big bombastic climactic ending, and sometimes that's not what you get. And mm. I, I think of the ending for The Last of Us as well, like how mm. The Last of Us, that was uh, an that amazing final scene ending. was just this oh. sudden, oh my God. abrupt end. Like, I just... I love endings like that. That if was done one of those right, endings that, like, your heart is, like, broken, but at the same time you're like, it makes sense. I see why they did that. Yeah. That was it amazing. Is, it is so perfect to have an ending to a game like The Last of Us where it, without spoilers, is like, hey, there is clearly more story going on after this abrupt cut, but this abrupt cut is because this is the emo- emotion you should be leaving this on. Yeah, that's, and the, like, yeah. that's all the story yeah. you need to know until the sequel comes out. I kind of hope the sequel has two new protagonists, actually. Yeah. I'd like that, I'm thinking yeah. that's the way they've got to go with it. Um, I kind of compared this to, like, the ending of um, The Sopranos, where sometimes it's just, we hit an emotional note and we're going to cut you off, and that's how we're going to leave you. And I would Don't always... Don't stop. <laughs> I would always rather a game leave me wanting more than yeah. leaving me, like, well, feeling I think like it... I didn't get enough. I think Unless it depends the on the game. I mean, <laughs> yeah. when it's yeah. been three entire... <laughs> 
when it's been three entire games leading up to a point you want a satisfying conclusion. Okay, that's, you know? that's fair. It's, it's not a good... <laughs> I, I, I honestly felt the same way about Fallout 4 this last year as well, that like mm. there was so much build-up to the ending and then it just kind of petered out in the... Is that a word, petered out? Yeah, it kind yeah, of yeah. just yeah. farted out in the last hour, few hours and I was yeah. like, aww. Oh, Gavin. Oh, Fallout 4 see? DLC. Yeah, DLC. What, yeah. I, I wasn't paying attention to it. What yeah. is the DLC? Um, <clears throat> the first one is about the mechanist, and okay. I, I presume you'll you get a little bit of story with him, and also you're going to get to build your own robots and shit. <gasps> sounds, sounds pretty fun. Uh, I like building robots. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And I think robots will get added to the uh, your like settlements as well. Like, there's already a mod that does it. I think they probably looked at that and went, "Oh, nice idea there." And then the second one is a gladiator arena. And as I said on Twitter, first thing I'm doing, Marcy Long going into the Deathclaw pit. Yes, uh, yes. And then the third one is an actual expansion, which they say is their biggest expansion ever. And that's, that's I was looking exciting. at the screenshot, makes it look like it's going to be kind of very similar to Point Lookout, which could work out very well. It's it's very um, nautical in theme. Yeah. Boats and it's off the coast of Maine. Is this the thing that everyone's been predicting where, like, this is where we're going to get to probably go underwater? Uh, no, I don't think no. so, actually, <laughs> because there's an, it's a new island, like oh, a, a, okay. a new landmass, which is apparently enough, yeah. the biggest landmass ever in a... Uh, Fallout DLC. I, I'm so excited for that. Uh, do yeah. we have any idea when these things are coming? Uh, March, April, and May. I oh, just wow. really, I just really, really hope that the expansion is a little more heavily story focused, with a few more kind of missions and yeah. characters and stuff. And you got to get the season pass quickly because mm. they're driving the price up. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm. That's impressively like back to back bunches of content. I'm, I'm excited for a couple of months of Fallout Four stuff. Hooray! Yeah, I went back to the game this week um, and really, really been enjoying just the exploring side of it. Mm. Once you've got the sort of pressure of like the there being an end point to reach out the way, yeah, it is nice to just go back in and just have a bit of a, a wander round. Exactly, and and go go with a character that actually hasn't picked a faction yet because you cut yourself off from a lot of content when you do pick one of the factions. Yeah, definitely. So, hooray! That's that's good. Uh, it's it's nice to not have to kill the Brotherhood every time I see them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 must be nice. Um, other news we had this week: Quantum Break for PC got announced, and a bunch of people on the internet got really upset that other people get to play their game. Um, there is a lot of bullshit in that game. Actually, worth talking about, though, the mm, fact that it's yeah. only going to work on Windows Ten. Yeah, that's ludicrous. It's like everyone loved games for Windows Live so much the last time. They're just really yeah. going to be happy My to do that again. Yeah. Microsoft needs some way to push you into Windows 10. This being said, I imagine that will be the first patch to this game that like the community makes is play <laughs> yeah. it on other operating systems. Because it's going to be like a little bit of text in a file somewhere that says check if Windows 10. Um, it's kind of bullshit because like... For me, I can't upgrade to Windows 10 yet because a lot of the music software I use hasn't become compatible mm. with it this, yet. This is a big problem because Windows 10, good operating system and a lot of stuff that like, does keep its compatibility. But I know people who've got like video and audio editing software that, where they're like, I have to make sure I don't upgrade. Mm. And then people are like, well, you should have a separate PC up. for work and gaming. It's like, well, yes, Mr. Moneybags, but you know... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, some of us are holding off till we I'll have. I'll petition you know. the Queen and get her to write me a golden <laughs> check. <Yeah. laughs> 
So, yeah, I, I did want to talk a little bit about the people who were upset about this coming to PC, because I've seen a lot of the sentiment that, oh, well, you're being entitled, more people get to play it, why is that a bad thing, you shouldn't moan. I do want to play devil's advocate slightly on this and be a little bit of a defensive person for the people who... This is going to be one hell of an advocacy. Okay, the people who are upset about it coming to PC, and here is my defence. It's coming to PC in, what, like a month or so? Like six weeks? Whenever it's coming? It's coming, like, really soon to PC. And there have... Clearly the PC version has been in development for a long time. They must have known in several interviews that there was a PC version coming and they actively denied it. Plus, they're, they're all just going, God damn it, I should have built a PC instead of buying that stupid Xbox One. Yeah, well, this is it. It's like, while I know that you shouldn't use like games that have not yet come out as part of your purchasing decision and your value proposition for a new console, if you are being told up until like a month or two before a game comes out, this game is only coming out on this console, that does value into the value proposition of buying a console. And I guarantee there are people out there who, like, were on the edge of, like, I'm all so ready to buy it. Oh, oh, Quantum Break's coming out soon. Yeah, fine, I'll buy it and I'll pick up Quantum Break when it comes out. And then got told very shortly after, oh, it is already coming to the PC that you've got. And it does suck for those people who made a purchasing decision based on information that the developer knew was a lie and was keeping deliberately quiet. That does suck. Well, that's what you get for being a filthy console peasant. <laughs> like, the thing I don't get, though, is, like, like I'm trying to imagine the person that is excited for Quantum Break, and I can't imagine a human being that exists in non-fiction. Yeah, it's not going to sell well. And when it doesn't sell well, they will have to make it compatible with Windows 7 and 8. I don't think that it's going to be a good game necessarily, but I am excited to try it. I'm more excited to try it than I usually am for shooters. Mm. See, I just I I was interested when they were really vague about it and said, "Oh, it's going to be this blending of TV show and all that other bollocks," because it at least seemed like they were trying to go for something unique. And then when they finally showed the gameplay and it was just another cover shooter, I was like, "Really? Like, like why are we excited for this? Like, certainly it might be good. It might be good." But I don't get why we're excited. Was, wasn't it supposed to be part of the whole... But I think what happened there was it was meant to have like an actual TV show thing that was going to tie in with their whole focus on TV. But when the, the backlash happened towards that, they probably went, oh, maybe that's not such a good idea. And they've certainly, down, you know, they've significantly downplayed all that shit. Yeah, that, that's definitely part of it. I'm not paying any attention to the TV show aspect of it. I watched one trailer for it and was like... That looks vaguely cool. I'm not going to watch any more because I'm sure I will quickly become bored of the idea. But I am happy to, at launch, pick up a game that's going to be like, ooh, that's really nice visual effects while I'm doing all this stuff that for a couple of hours is cool. I might not finish it, but I will probably pick it up and probably enjoy the time I do put into it. So I mean, I'm not saying the game's going to be bad. I just It's one of those games that's like The Division where it's like, I don't see the cause of the hype. Let, let's I, remember, I though, this, this is Remedy we're talking about, and that in itself is kind of enough reason to at least be positive in our expectations. Exactly. They've not yeah. given us expectation to, to like, reason They've to They've made some really, really good games. Like, Yeah. 
Um, Ma- Max Payne was flawed, but it was still for me. Or, or not? Or not Max Payne? Sorry, Adam Wake. Alan Wake. Alan, <laughs> Alan Wake. Yeah, I, loved I know Alan they made Wake. Max Payne as well, but like Alan Wake was really enjoyable. Like Alan Wake was one of my favourite games of the last generation. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I, completely agreed. I, you know, I don't want to say that I'm. You know, I'm not here to, to diss Remedy or anything. I'm just having seen Quantum Break in action. I mm. just don't get it. I just, I just don't get why it's. I, I don't get who bought an Xbox One. For that. Well, I'll be playing it on my Xbox One despite having a fucking PC for yeah. gaming. <laughs> I, I am excited enough just because it's the Alan Wake people making a game that looks quite visually interesting. Yeah, I'll give that a shot. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, while we're on that topic, there is a bit of connected news. Um, apparently, Xbox One and Windows 10 cross-buy is going to become a standard for Microsoft games. Man, they are really trying to bing that shit hard. They should now be looking at what happened with Kanye's album this week. Half a million pirates on the first day because he only put it on title. I'm what I'm curious about is what the use case for this is because the only use case I can think of for this is um, one that someone pointed out of you got a kid with divorced parents, the dad's got a Xbox, the mum's got a PC. That might be a use case for cross buy in those. I don't think that cross buy between two like p- screen tethered devices is a big deal for most people. I mean, it's just the whole they've, they've, cause they've been trying to push this for a while, not just with cross by, but like, you know, I have windows 10 and I have it connected to my Xbox one. There's no point. There's no point. I don't do anything like this. The, the getting it to stream to my computer, it runs like shit. And all the other connectivity, there's no point. Like there's just no point. Like it's, they're doing it for, just to do it, just to to make it look more relevant. The only use for it I've had is, oh, my Xbox is downstairs and I want to play upstairs. Okay, it runs okay-ish. I can play a bit up here without having to drag the Xbox upstairs. But it's not, it's not a feature that's going to sell me on anything. I can can't we just think. admit that the Xbox One is a bit toss? Um, yeah. Like, like, let's just let's just have it out. What's like, let's let's just put that on the table. The Xbox I, One is a bit toss. It is a bit toss. Like, what? What's the game that's coming from Platinum that's got the dragons in it? Um, Scalebound. Scalebound. Scalebound looks really cool. Otherwise, eh. This could, like, there are some good games on the Xbox One, but the what Xbox One that, itself um, is a bit toss. Do you guys remember when they first announced the next-gen uh, consoles? There was some game they kept showing that looked a little bit like Dark Souls. It was like a... It was a Capcom a, game. It was... Um, what? It wasn't... Oh. Did, did that ever come out, or...? I think it's still coming out. It's still it's still on its way. Yeah. I can't what was his it's, fucking it's, name? It's the one where they were like in the, the dungeon thing. Something yeah. about being underground, was it? The title yeah, of the game? Yeah, or yeah, it was below down, or beneath down, or something down. like that. Let me um Capcom Ben try Dark be, try Souls. beneath. <laughs> beneath. <laughs> uh Deep Down. Deep, deep down, down. There we that's go. the one. It sounds like an indie Deep game more down. than like a, a Dark Souls clone when I hear that name. That sounds it sounds like um a Barry White lyric. <laughs> Baby, we going deep down. Mm. What else did we have this week? Uh, apparently Cliff Brzezinski was offered to work on Silent Hills, turned it down because he thought he was gonna fuck it up. Wow. Um, <laughs> that, that, you know what fair fair, fair play. play. Yeah. If you know you know, knowing your limitations because you know, I, I think, I think, I think Cliffy, you know, Cliffy is uh, 
talented, you know, I like I like his work. Yeah. But I could see why he would look at something like Silent Hill and think, I can't do that. I think that's actually quite good. Good on him for having that self-awareness, yeah. I suppose. If it, that... it, it's great when, yeah. you know, you, you look at something you don't think you'd be very good at, like an Undertale song, and people just go, yeah, I respect that. I respect <laughs> that you think you might not do a very good job of that. <laughs> I, I wonder if there's any bitterness here about something. We'll never know. Well, it, it, <sighs> that, that's one for the philosophers. Yeah. Oh, God. Worst news of the week by far. Uh-oh. You know how E3 last year, uh, the PC gaming show, consumed my soul and forever oh, no. a piece of I'm me I'm kind of delighted it's there. coming back because it was, like, hilarious. No! Yeah, it's coming back. <laughs> the PC gaming show is coming back at 2016. Now, this is going to be Look, one of two just... things for me. It's... <laughs> can we just put this on the table and say that the PC gaming show is a bit toss? It's, it's more than a bit toss. It's... Bad enough that even though there were cameras swinging around and I was meant to be part of an excited audience, I sat with Jed Whitaker from Destructoid and made a just giving page or a, a GoFundMe or whatever it was to, <laughs> uh, to buy that. cushions to sit on because our chairs weren't comfortable. That's how bored we were in this press conference. And uh, I, I'm, I'm probably going to get sent to cover it if I go back to E3 this year. And one of two things is going to happen. Either the PC gaming show gets a second chance at devouring my soul and I never leave, or it's going to be a big battle to the death as I fight my way through the hordes of, like, boring people on stage to get back the piece of my soul that I left there last year. And you get a numb arse from an uncomfortable seat for hours. And they're like, well, you see, that's the whole point. You're having the authentic PC gamer experience. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah... Fuck the PC gaming show. I really hope that it is not just... It was painful to watch even streaming. Laura, I, I, I love you, but that. I'm going to laugh so hard if you get sent to cover that again. Oh God. <laughs> I will say no. I'll be like, no, who didn't do it last time? They can go. Because I am not sitting through another like three hours of here is the most softball interview questions we can throw at you. Here's a trailer you saw on stage during someone else's press conference. Here's a game you're excited about, but no new news on it. Thank you. Bye. I can't yeah. do it again. I can't. I can't do it. Um. Oh, what else is happening this week? Things happened. Oh, it's official that there's no new Assassin's Creed game in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. They're taking their time to to hopefully update the controls and stuff a little bit. Make them a bit more modern. I'm glad that they're taking a break before franchise fatigue sets in, rather than waiting until the audience is fed up with it. That's a positive sign, and as I said before, well done Kotaku. When they make predictions about Ubisoft, they're pretty damn spot on, usually. I think, so, though, that I, th- I think franchise fatigue did sit in a little bit, and I think that's a pity because, um, in my view, Syndicate was the best one for a while. It's, it's set in for... Some people in the core gaming space... Didn't didn't it sell kind of less than the previous ones? It sold not great, but it didn't sell badly enough to, like, be a decline that was, like, worrying for the company or anything. But uh, I guess that this means we can can pretty safely assume that the other half of Kotaku's rumour was true, that it's going to be... The next game is going to be in Egypt. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. I like the idea of Egypt. Yeah, that um, could be interesting. Also, Watch Dogs 2 is coming at some point before April 2017. So, mm. get ready for more right. Watch Dogs. 
No, I really did like Watch Dogs. I, I liked it a lot. Like, uh, you know, history's not been kind to it, but I greatly enjoyed it. And People remember it as a shit game when, in fact, it was a very good game that just wasn't as good as we thought it would I, be. I think that was the, the biggest problem was like Ubisoft presented it as better than it was. So yeah. retrospectively, people look back on it and that like one, say, they, re- they remember it worse than it yeah. was. That one reveal trailer was probably the one biggest mistake they made with Watch Dogs. I think it, was, it was damaging to it, I think, yeah. in terms of its reputation, definitely. Because yeah. it, it, it was a good game. There were some really fun systems in it. What I'm really hoping for is that this ends up being the Assassin's Creed to Assassin's Creed 2 situation, where it is, here is a good game that didn't quite live up to its promise. They've taken on board feedback. The sequel's going to be much better. I really hope that's what we're going to see, and I feel like mm. Watch Dogs is in a position where that could happen. I hope we get hope a different so. protagonist. I really do. Yeah, like someone likeable. Uh, mm. You better hope that they also have an iconic cap, otherwise no one will buy the game. The <laughs> cap true. is not iconic. Not the iconic fucking cap. Can, can the opening scene be Aiden Pierce handing off his iconic cap to the new protagonist? Ironically, the <laughs> I- iconic cap has kind of become iconic now, but not in the way they were trying to That's play. it, yeah, it's <laughs> become... It's it's an ironic it's, cap. It's an it's, ironic, iconic cap. <laughs> it's become emblematic of many things. Um, I, I like to think, like like where you mentioned Aiden passes the hat on, like it's the the cap is the protagonist, and whoever shall wear it become like like Thor, like whoever wields Molyneux, um, <laughs> not Molyneux, <laughs> Mo, Mo, whoever Mo. wields Molyneux becomes <laughs> becomes the mighty Thor. Um, <laughs> Oh my god, I want art now of someone swinging Molyneux above their yeah, head getting struck trying by to lift lightning. Him. <laughs> Only the mighty Thor can do Swinging him into countless cubes and knocking them yeah. off. <sighs> With a big shit in the middle saying, ha ha. I'm sorry, I, I didn't really take much out of the wall when you swung me that time, but the next time you swing me, I'm going to take the whole fucking house down. <laughs> yeah, oh, I briefly spoke to uh, the God of Gods, Brian Henderson, uh, over this last week. Basically, I hope that's what he calls himself. No, no, he no. insists everyone he, calls he, him the God of Gods. He doesn't acknowledge it on his Twitter or anything. Like that's he super downplays point. it because he's like, "Yeah, I would. this is not a big, as big a deal as I thought it would be in my life." He has like a thousand or so Twitter followers, and that's it. And basically, we had a little bit of a chat that boiled down to, "Yeah, there was never any discussion of maybe giving Henderson any money from Goddess War sales, even when it was going to have the microtransactions in." He keep, he's still being told. At some point in the near future, apparently we're having a meeting about when I'll get when I'll start getting paid for That's sales bullshit. of the game. He doesn't know when that is. Still, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold his breath even if they agreed to something just for the simple fact that after all this shit, I'll be surprised if Goddess like has any, ever makes significant well, money that, ever. That is the whole fucking problem, and I keep saying this is at this point all of the money that could have been spent on uh, on uh, Goddess has been spent. Like, what they needed to do is, if they couldn't put Henderson in, say, right, we can't work out how to get him in the game, still, he deserves his 1% revenue share, we're going to start giving him that now, while the game life, is still selling. Life-changing experience, guys. Well, it has changed his life, not necessarily in the ways that Molyneux sort of in, in, implied it It's it changed his life from having, like, like it, it's got one extra little disappointing event in his life, which can never be taken away. Like that's part of him now. Like he he will think back on this every now and then and just think, 
Oh, it's a bit of a letdown. And and who else can say that? Who else can look back on God? Well, everyone can look back on Goddess and say it's a bit of a letdown. <laughs> it's not really that unique, is it? Well, he does get the the added experience of occasionally bumping into twenty two can staff like while he's out, and they'll <laughs> pose for photos and be like, "Ah, oh, we're here with the God of Gods, who we didn't make a God of Gods yet." Yeah. Ah, can, we look ju- at us. can we just put this on the table right now, right? Let's let's finally have this out and say that Goddess is a bit toss. Uh, Goddess is an is a god awful piece of shit that Molyneux needs to detach his name from ASAP. Absolutely, it's a bit it's uh, a bit toss is what we're trying yeah. to say. Just, just a little bit toss. It's here's the problem. Like, uh, I've been talking to some twenty two cans people, and I feel like had Goddess Wars not been a thing, and Molyneux had waited for the trail. And done the whole thing of, I'm going to announce my new thing, like, days before it comes out, and that's it. He could have got his reputation back on track. And the microtransaction in in Goddess Wars has just fucked him over to the point where, like, one more fuck up and, like, he is... Even the people like me that try and defend him are going to give up trying to do that after one more fuck up. Molyneux, stop telling everyone your 22 plans. Uh, yes. So I think. Oh no! Actually, before we get onto questions, I do have one game I want to bring up this week that we've not talked about. Mm-hmm. Have either of you seen Leo's Red Carpet Rampage? I saw the the news about it. it so I've not played it. It but is I've seen the. It is a surprisingly amusing and well made game. It is a browser game where you play Leonardo DiCaprio. Basically trying to get his uh, his Oscar win. And you run down the red carpet trying to like jump over like better actors who've won, uh, who've already won um, Oscars who are like, oh, I'm in your way, I'm going to get your Oscar. There are mini games in there. Like there's one where you've taken too many drugs like in The Wolf of Wall Street like he did. And you're trying to like drag yourself through the next section. It is quite fun at like pointing out some very good acting he has done throughout his career while being like a pretty a pretty simplistic runner about trying to get an Oscar. It's sure I had a lot of fun with it. The idea did seem cute. It seemed cute. I might try I might check it it's out. It's very endearingly made. Like it is it is much better than I expected it to be. It's much less of a cynical cash in on the the topic than I feared. Yeah. So that's that's worth looking that's at good. Leo's red carpet rampage. It's a half decent game. Fair enough. Alright, should we do some should we do a few questions and then Let's get some questions yeah. done. We'll get a few out and then we'll uh, we'll clock out, you know, before yeah. before two hours this time. Yes, please. Uh Michael Haynes wants to ask Who among the three of you would emerge victorious in a three way Hunger Games style battle to the death? If the only weapons you were allowed to wield were the sex toys you each own. So we are all trapped somewhere. We've got to beat each other to death. You can only use any sex toys that you already own. Who's... Well, now, yeah, there was a bit of a pre-game discussion about this. I think, and I, I think I, we know I think, who's losing. Yeah, we did work out one of us might be a little underarmed. Get, Gavin, yeah, I'm, Gavin, I'm very... <laughs> some of you may or may not be shocked to know this, but I don't own any sex toys. Are you com- None at all. Are you no. coming in entirely unarmed? I'm coming in entirely, entirely. All I have unarmed. is my fists. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I feel like I should at least send you a double ender just so you got something. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah. if if we're putting this down to like me and Jim, Jim's got the advantage of like he has a sex toy that is actually designed as a weapon. 
That's like true. the dildo that's bat true. does give you a significant starting point. Um, it gives me a lot of reach. I mean, that's 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 the biggest benefit. It's got yeah. a ton of reach on it. I, I mean, I, I've got a big book full of like nudie women. Does that count? Can I smack you around with a big book full of nudie women? I, I'd allow it. I feel yeah. bad enough that you have come in unarmed that I'll let you bring the book with you. Um, Sweet. My biggest, uh, what I suspect will be Jim's biggest problem is that you've got so many sex toys that you're probably going to be weighed down. Try That's and, true. I'll, I'll yeah. have a Deadpool like rucksack on exactly. the back. Full either of, either full you're going to be dragging it around completely, like just slowing you down and making you a very easy target, or if you hide it somewhere, you're eventually going to have to go back to like rearm yourself. If I stay at a nice distance and just trail you, I can probably just pillage most of your stuff. That's it, yeah. I mean, I've got to maintain the integrity of the stash. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll say, like, I've had many years' experience of hiding my sex toys so that people can't find them. So <laughs> so I've got that going for me. I, I reckon um, you could hide a, a dozen or so, but... Uh... Speaking of sex toys, I... Uh, you know what would actually yesterday. happen? You two would get so distracted by your sex toys, you'd end up just fucking each other. And then I could just come along and <laughs> sneak up on you both and ninja you. It would break the, the, the will. The, yeah, we'd break the will they won't they tension we have, like in that uh, show with Bruce Willis. And then Gav would get the win. I'm pretty yeah. sure if, if we were trapped alone and there was that much sexual tension and that many sex toys, I think you're right, Gav. You would probably just wait for your moment when the inevitable breakdown of the walls of sexual tension happens. It's like, okay... Because I, I can confirm that Gavin Gavin resists my lusty charms. Yeah, Gavin's going to be fine, but <laughs> I don't know that I can do it, Jim. I don't know that I can resist. Yeah, I think we're, yeah, we're done. We're done. Um, oh, I wrote Governor Jim Sterling on the side of a flashlight and took a photo of it yesterday. <laughs> I saw that. And, it was great. and it got retweeted so many times. It was uh, awesome. I, I like how we came into this question assuming that Gavin was going to lose and Gavin's like managed to find a way to, while unarmed, win a sex toy he battle. He found the with sexy us. loophole. Yeah, yeah, you found the sexiest loophole. Um, other questions this week Chris Chase Onions. What's the best game to have a wank to? I always feel so boring when you get these questions because I don't think I've ever had a wank to a game. I'm, I'm trying to think of the funny answers. I'm like, I don't think I've ever done it, but you know. Uh, okay, okay, here we go. Uh, coming up with answers. I think Brutal Legend would be a good game to have a wank to because there's a lot of very high-paced music that, you know, you could set yourself a nice tempo with. There you go. Brutal Legend to have a wank to. You can have a brutal wank to brutal legend. Yeah. What What about you, Jim? What What game is the best to have a wank to? Bloodborne. I thought Ooh. he was going to say Alien Isolation. Actually, uh, <laughs> are you going to have a wank at that bit when the man sticks his hand up a pig's anus? That That is quite All erotic. That part, isn't it? I know. It? It's It's quite sexy. It's It's the it game is... where the game where you shove your hand up a pig's anus, and yet the thing everyone freaked out about was the thought that there could be menstruation in it. Oh, God, yeah. Well, I know that... Uh, oh, what's his name? David Cameron's probably going to agree with you, Jim, about Bloodborne. That's true. Because, you know, fisting pigs, that's that's bloody erotic. <laughs> yeah. He fucked a pig. I don't know if we ever brought that up on the yeah, show. Yeah, I don't think we, like, ever, ever acknowledged this, but David Cameron, like... He did it a little bit before he fucked the NHS. Yeah, he put his dick in a pig and was like, it's not really, like, tight enough and in need of, like, of, of a good fucking enough. Let's fuck the NHS. <laughs> yeah. That, that by the way... 
cutting-edge satire yeah, from, political, from your host political here. satire. Political. Yeah, because we're political. highbrow. We are highbrow. I write Governor Jim Sterling on a flashlight, and then we talk about David Cameron fucking are you, the you could, What you think? We're not going to get highbrow here. I have a wank during David Cage games just to put myself into his mind frame trying to see what he was <laughs> thinking while he did it. Well done. Yeah, uh, and I look in the a, mirror while I do it, and I'm like, this... This is how you must feel now while playing David Cage. What, yeah. what sort of emotions do you feel after having a wank to a David Cage game? Happy. <laughs> Happy that, emotions. That is good. Um, <laughs> there has been one question that has been raging all week in the unofficial Jimquisition group this week, and I felt Uh-oh. enough people asked me that they wanted to talk about this. So here we go. We have a two-part question. What is the best condiment to use for fries or chips or whatever you call them? What is what is the the condiment to use? Do you do salt and vinegar? Do you do brown sauce, curry sauce, ketchup? Garlic I mean, mayo. If we're having Sorry, what was that? Garlic guy? mayo. Garlic mayo. Okay, that wouldn't have been my pick. That ain't a bad pick though. I I wouldn't have considered it, but that ain't bad. Mm. But I would I would say I mean if we're counting salt and vinegar as one condiment then then I've got to go classic British and say say that. I have to go uh, ketchup, no salt and vinegar. Ooh. Yeah, that's how I roll. That's bold. I know, and this is going to spark a bit of a, of a discussion somewhere on the internet, so have fun with that internet, you've got your answer. The, <laughs> the, the second part to it that everyone has been arguing about this week, does ketchup go in the fridge or the cupboard? Fridge. No. Fridge. No. It. If you put it in. What? Okay. If you put it in the fridge, your food will get cold faster. It will cool down well, your no, food. It, it cools down the hot chips. Yeah, that is a problem. You want That's the chips to be hot still. Because then you burn your mouth. Yeah, it very much That's depends you on the temperature on the of the chips. Doesn't you blow it? on the chips. You d- cold ketchup is <sighs> not good. Warm ketchup. You're a dangerous mind. No, it's not warm. You're it, a it, dangerous it's criminal mind. It's normal temperature you don't have to do anything different to the temperature of ketchup yeah cold 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 ketchup oh i can't believe i'm being outvoted numerically on fridge ketchup like i know a lot of people do it but i thought you two would have my back I, i'm sorry like I, I i've always i support you in most things laura but I, I think my girlfriend keeps the ketchup in the cupboard. I, I, I just habitually put anything that's kind of liquidy in the fridge because I think it'll go off otherwise. But ketchup doesn't really go off quick, does it? No, it'll survive for a pretty lengthy time. Um, uh, not in so, my fucking house, it won't. Well, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. I get through so much of the fucking stuff. I um, uh, my, my brother's uh, fiancé, she, she, she can't eat food without tomato sauce, without ketchup. Like, to the point where you could cook a pasta and she's got to drench it in ketchup. Okay, I used to I know that. a guy like that. He used to work on on the record label I was signed to and he used to put ketchup on literally everything and the cleaner for the studio one day baked them this. She was from, like, Poland and she baked them this gorgeous goulash and the first thing he did was smother... And this was, like, tomato soup type thing. <laughs> smothered it in fucking tomato wow. ketchup before he even tasted it. I used to, oh. be, I used to be that bad. And I'm not that bad anymore. Yuck. I still have a preference for having ketchup with meals. Mm-hmm. But I'm now, like, at least at the stage of being an adult where, like, if, I I'm, if I'm going out for a decent, like, meal somewhere and I know it's, like, a nice posh place, it's like, I don't need to request ketchup. I can probably enjoy this by itself. 
but I do like catch up with most things. It does seem to, to be that, that everyone knows someone who does yeah. that. Like, I've got to wonder if maybe <sighs> there's some genetic or evolutionary or psychological trait to yeah. the use of ke- that, that, that yeah. heavier use of ketchup. Like, this, this is where I will, like, label my heavy use of ketchup. I still today will occasionally have a ketchup sandwich. Just ketchup between two loaves of bread, two, two slices of bread. Yeah, I will have that. Okay. Yeah, I will have that, and I'm not afraid to admit it. I don't mind no. some ketchup in a sandwich, but I, I'd have to have something with it. Everyone no, has I... weird eating habits. I think. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm not, I'll not sit there it's... and eat like a head of lettuce by itself. Yeah, like I would never like be at someone's house and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, what do you fancy in this sandwich?" Ketchup, just ketchup. <laughs> but if I'm alone and it's just me at home and I'm, you know, making some lunch in the middle of the work day, I might well just squirt some ketchup between two bits enough. of bread and be like, "There we go, that's lunch," and it'll be good. It'll be tasty. Squirting ketchup between two bits of bread. Blech. Yeah, I don't know if you've tried it. Mm. You know, have some, have some ketchup, ketchup and pasta. It'll be lovely. <laughs> Um, so last question for this week, I think. Uh, last question before we wrap up. Jacob Dutt. If you could add one thing to your office that doesn't help you do your job any better, what would it be? I think a beanbag. So my girlfriend could sit behind me because she used to do that in our old apartment and now I miss it because she used to sit behind me and chill out while I was working. Mm. And now my office at the moment is too small for her to do that. So I have the same problem at the moment. I've been trying to work out, like, can I find, like, a two-seat sofa or something that I can fit along the back wall mm. like, and have enough room to still work so that my fiancé can come in? But I have slightly too small of an office for that, which is a real shame. I'm uh, just looking on my desk here. At... Jim's, like, looking through his sex toys going, what don't I have yet? <laughs> I, I don't well, want I'm to... actually looking at my desk with skeletal statues and First Order Stormtroopers and stuff on it, and I'm like, there isn't anything currently that exists that doesn't help me do my job that I don't already buy and put in my well, office. This is why I'm going to go for something that doesn't currently exist, but, you know, I'd like to commission it if it was an option, and you know what it's going to be? Life-size model of Jim Sterling pulling down his uh, his undercrackers while he's bending over a little bit. Just put it in the corner <laughs> of my office. <laughs> it's not going to help you do my job, but I'll certainly like to have one well, in the corner the of my office. His <laughs> <laughs> governor, his governor Sterling branded underpants. Oh god, yeah. So it's just every time I just look over into the corner, it's like. Yeah, Jim, you ready? Yeah, you're ready. And then I turn back to my work. Thanks for having my back, Gov. <laughs> Jim, is your fleshlight a, a one branded on a particular vagina, or is it uh, just, just a kind type. of regular? Yeah, I, I, I considered, but but I just went with regular type. I my best criticism I ever got this week because I used it in the Jimquisition for a prop and. The best—it's the best criticism anyone's ever had of my career. It was just all—all all one run-on sentence. You spend money on sex toys, stupid. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. So there we go. That's a podquisition. That's that we the did. podquisition. That's that in the bag. Well we, done, we kept everyone. It, we did the thing that we try try to do and are never very good at, where we kept it to like an hour or so. That's it, because Laura's got stuff to do, and I've got to wrap up some things, and yeah. Gavin has a life. I got to finish so, writing reviews for Jim, and I got to get ready to like live stream shit. It's gonna be a busy day. Busy old day, but 
you know, we've still got you an hour. we still got you some good stuff. And I, I liked, I thought this was a good episode. I think it was a good episode. Uh, so, Laura, people might be hungry for more content. If they, they might feel like they've just had a Street Fighter Five experience and they want more. <laughs> Where can they get more? If you want more from me, Laura K. Buzz in pretty much every place you might care to look. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on Patreon, which pays the bills, Laura K. Buzz on YouTube, Laura K. Buzz on Twitch. Uh, that's most of the big ones. Other than that, I can now confirm I'll be at PAX East. That's happening now. I've got flights nice. and stuff. So, uh, if I haven't even be... booked my travel yet. <laughs> are you, are you got a press pass sorted? So you can get I've got in. my pass sorted. I just oh. need to... Bother getting accommodations. I'm going to get to meet Jim. It's going to be great. Yay. Hey. All the sexual tension walls will finally be torn down in a big, you know, sexual volcano. It'll be wonderful. Um, White yeah. Boston off the map. Y'all got to come to Eurogate or, yeah, EGX. Yeah, we got to do EGX as well. Uh, yeah, you can find me at PAX East. You can find me in the new co-optional animated. I was in that. That was quite cool. Oh, yeah, you were, yeah. Yeah, I was a goose lawyer. It was impressive. It was fun. <laughs> so, what about you two? Where are you? Gavin, where can people not hear Undertale songs? You you can find me deep down, trapped in Jim Sterling's flashlight, <laughs> screaming for somebody to take me out. <laughs> um, okay. where, what, what, what social media accounts will you be using to scream out for help? <laughs> At Miracle of Sound. <laughs> Miracle of Sound, pretty much everywhere. Yeah. YouTube. Twitter, YouTube. Uh, Bandcamp, all the good places. Uh, well, yeah. Twitter's not a good place, it's a hellhole. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you know, thank you as always for your support, for supporting the Jim Gym, uh, Quisition Patreon and listening to the show and listening to the spin off Doctors as well, which has been doing really well. Um, like, like, I mean, almost doing as good numbers as this, which by my standards is really successful. We so need, really we need to sabotage it, Laura. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we, we need to, like, Invite ourselves into the call without Jim noticing, and then just be like, "Oh, video game," uh, and yeah. hope that that like that would freak him. me out. That would be like that unfriended movie. <laughs> Post from my flashlight inbuilt computer on Twitter and be like, "Man, that new podcast Jim does is so shit. No one should listen to that. It's worse than being trapped in a flashlight." Oh, <laughs> thank you very much for listening, everyone. Yes, thank you, thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.